stay informed and ahead of the game. The Radio Tab Breakfast Show. Leo Schlinks, he's always over the world whenever we contact mm. Leo. Andrew, he's a roving reporter. Well, now he's back in Melbourne for yes. a time being for the Asian Racing Conference. He joins us on the line now. Leo, good morning. Good morning, Paul. How are you? Very well, thank you. Back in your old stopping ground. It's a bit surreal um, being back in Melbourne uh, properly for the first time in a um, couple of years and um, just seeing the changes around the town. It's um, it's sad and um, it's a bit surreal. Just, um, you know, it's, it's, it hasn't come back to life, but it's still brilliant to be back here. Mm, they haven't sent you down to Werribee to go to quarantine or anything, have they, Leo? <laughs> They've allowed you straight in? <laughs> Andrew, don't give them any ideas. They might, <laughs> you know. No, they let me straight in. Uh, surprisingly, the last time I came in, I think it was uh, might have been a week uh, or uh, something like that in, in hotel quarantine. Yeah. The first time was two weeks, but... Happily, that coincided with the uh, Tokyo Olympics, so that Thank time you. went relatively quickly. But uh, this time, no, it's it's back to normal as it is um, going through the Hong Kong airport straight through. Mm. Leo, we spoke to you when you were in South Africa for this conference a couple of years back, and it was interesting to get some insight there. So we might as well concentrate on that. So here you are today, the Asian Racing Conference in Australia. What are the what are the topics being discussed? The uh, I guess the title of it is called um, Breaking the Barriers and it's the first time this conference has been held since um, 2020 in Cape Town because of COVID. Uh, it was delayed by a year, it was supposed to be in Melbourne last year and what they're looking at is innovation, the future, um, basically all the barriers confronting racing and uh, hopefully coming up with solutions to get around, um, uh, looking at the great assets the sport has and looking at ways to go forward and uh, I guess that's the eternal struggle um, but th they've got um, the, gr uh, the great minds here I guess from all over um, the Asian racing world and uh, stretching from South Africa up to Turkey, Japan, Hong Kong, uh, Singapore, Australia, New Zealand and uh, India and everywhere in between and uh, they've got off-site sessions today and basically all the specialist groups are meeting and then it kicks off tomorrow uh, with the landscape um, and that'll be um, a really key session when they talk about what racing looks like now and how it might look like going into the future and that's basically what it is it's a crystal ball um, exercise but also looking back at the advances of the since Cape Town or whatever issues might have emerged and it'll be equine welfare fan engagement all of those things and how to make racing even better. What would, I mean, you're obviously very experienced in the game. Uh, Leo, what would you see as the big ticket items facing racing at the moment, whether it be Australia, Hong Kong or other jurisdictions? I think um, probably more than anything right now, um, equine welfare is the hot issue, um, not just within racing but outside it. And um, that's the major challenge for racing right now and how it goes forward and how it presents itself. And um the, the biggest danger is to become socially unacceptable because for some people racing is um, and that's a fact that it's that's been made clear we might say it's a minority but there are people out there who believe that racing should not take place in any form and uh, one of the issues is to to deal with everything we possibly can and I, I think racing is um, almost without exception in ju the various jurisdictions as safe as it can be and I, I just I can only speak for Hong Kong and just knowing the level of veterinary that goes around but Andrew, the other issue is fan engagement, and I think the two are linked, um, equine welfare and, and fan engagement. And you saw a couple of years ago with the Nup to the Cup campaign in Melbourne um, and mm -hmm. how uh, virulent that was. Um, and you, you, you see the, the traction that gets, and these are the issues confronting racing, and um, the racing can either put its head in the sand and make, make out it's not there, or they can actually confront it. And I, I believe that, that 
breaking the barriers is the, the title of this conference and that's what they'll be looking to do um, and that'll be that'll be a hot agenda item now f- fan engagement that's always a big one around the world um, are jurisdictions sort of following what, what Australia do here to get younger folk in there seems to be sort of a, a constant after the the race day there's a th- often a themed race day uh, are we leading the way in this part of the world I think so, and I think um, England's been very good in that way as well, which is um, kind of counterintuitive because of how old racing is in England. But they've learnt that um, as a standalone product that for some, uh, going to the races is simply not enough. They want more, and you see that across like other sports like the Australian Open. It's almost like a Grand Slam is being played in the middle of this massive entertainment event, and uh, it's all about fan engagement and how does racing connect with its fans through technology um, and can't rely on simply the, the traditional methods of, of engagement. And um, there's more different ways of connectivity. And um, this is, again, an opportunity for the various minds from around the place to say, OK, how do we go forward with this and how do we connect with different generations? Um, because I think it's a bit of a slur to say that the older generation can't master technology because I've seen it in my own family uh, amazing what some of the elderly can do and um this is and i'm not being smart by saying that it's just a, but it's you know we're, it's we've we've run the risk of falling into this ages stuff if we we look at it that way um but that's that's one of the big challenges um using technology to take racing forward and um, that'll be another um item on the agenda that we've very closely looked at and leo will you get the opportunity to go to some racing uh, while you are here or you're not pretty tight time schedule i've got to be back in hong kong i mean saturday for instance um races at lightning uh, Melbourne. Stakes day. yep yep so lightning stakes day is one of the um the big uh things on the agenda here as well um, oh, okay. there's a regional tour to Lindsay park on sunday um so the the delegates will have the opportunity and, and that saturday meeting the lightning stakes meeting is uh, becoming part of the world pool which is um, part of you know one of the really big, impressive um, growth aspects of racing over the last um, few years, um, World Pool, where the Hong Kong Jockey Club hosts the, the betting and um, other countries can bet into the markets and you'll see the liquidity on um, the lightning stakes um, through the various TABs around the world um, will, will really surge because that's been the history of it. Uh, we've seen it in England where the, it's been... The increase in turnover, having the Hong Kong punter able to bet into these big races overseas, and it'd be really interesting to see what the Lightning Stakes turnover is based on uh, figures that we've seen recently. Leo, are there any uh, racing analysts that will be presenting, trying to help people find more winners across all racing jurisdictions, or is it still going to be left to the punter himself? Yeah, I think that the key thing um, for will be just the information and how it's delivered and all of that, but... um, I guess that's a great thing about punting. Everyone's got their own opinion on how it works and how they want to uh, engage and, and do that. Um, but um, I, I look at the Hong Kong model and the amount of information that, that is there. Um, and there's a study that was done over recently and just goes to show how popular it is in Hong Kong that when there's a major race on or even a race meeting, that circulation newspaper for the specialist newspapers goes up by 30%. Um, so if you put that across there, there's an obvious hunger for information and um, you, know, you look at the Hong Kong jockey website and force weights etc at time of declaration etc etc some people just live off that uh, sectional times etc that's around the world but um, you can never provide enough information and I'm not sure how much more they can apart from actually what the horse is actually feeding on um, that's another big issue as well so um, for some people but yeah information is the, is the king still
And it's a, an Asian racing conference, but uh, by the sound of it, people coming from everywhere, Leo. Yeah, so it's all they're all part of the Asian Racing Federation. This is number 39. Um, and, um, yeah, it's just it's really interesting. And um, you see people from all over the world with different views and um, the Indian delegates, and they had their derby mm-hmm. recently, and uh, you've got South Africa. As I say, it stretches all the way up to Turkey. And, um, of course, uh, Japan is a powerhouse. Um, Singapore has been very strong over the years. And then you've got a couple of what you might call a, the traditional influences and powers in Australia and and also uh, Australia. And uh, very lucky to have a lot of um, delegates and, and presenters from Australia. And, and I, Chris Waller will be one of them. So uh, that'll be really, really interesting. And they've got um, uh, Scientologists and um, and uh, various other people um, um, presenting here. And it's going to be amazing to see the different views that are brought in. Leo, quick one before we go as far as Hong Kong racing is concerned. And Tony Cruz now joins John Moore and John Size as the only three trainers to train a 1,000 winners there in Hong Kong. Probably the most charismatic person I've met in racing, Tony Cruz. Mm. Um, Killed the missile, um, and he's just... I don't think he's changed uh, at all. He he went into the system in 1972 as an apprentice, uh, six times champion jockey. He's already been uh, dual champion trainer. Uh, he rode for the Aga Khan, he rode for the Queen, he's ridden winners all over Europe, um, and now he joins that club. John Moore, John Size um, are ahead of him, and um, he's combined trainer-jockey. He is the most uh, wins by any person in Hong Kong racing history, and he's still going strong. He's still got some very good horses, and I think he's of his 25 years in training, he hasn't finished out of the top five ever, um, maybe... Uh, he might have been on the fringes of that once, but he's he's just a powerhouse, and at 66, he's going as strong as ever. Mm. Well, you enjoy your time in Melbourne, Leo. Always a pleasure to catch up with you. Enjoy the races on Saturday as well. Thank you. And that tour, uh, Lindsay Park on the weekend. We'll chat next week. Good on you, Paul. Thanks, Andrew.